Hello, HR Talking Point listeners. Welcome to the HR Talking Point podcast program. My name is Audi Lumbantorwan, and I'm the anchor of the podcast program. HR Talking Point program is all about what matters most in the world of human resources in Asia Pacific. In this program, you will meet various HR and business leaders as well as thought leaders from the best at their classes in human resources and people management. If you like the program and would like to follow every episode, please click the button follow in the podcast program channel. Enjoy the listening. In this episode, we will discuss the leadership state with Mr. Bob Aubrey. Mr. Bob Aubrey is the founder and strategic advisor of the ASEAN Human Development Organization, or AHDO. He has been an expert in human development and also organization development. He is an award-winning human development consultant, speaker, social entrepreneur, author, educator, and mentor for leaders. In this episode, we will talk about what about the ASEAN leadership model in this transition period. Hope you enjoyed the listening and thank you for joining. Hello, HR Talking Point listeners. Welcome to our session today with Mr. Bob Aubrey. Mr. Bob is the founder of AHDO, ASEAN uh, Human Development Organization, and we are very grateful to have Mr. Bob with us. Hello, Mr. Bob. How are you today? Hello. I'm, uh, I'm fine today and uh, happy to see you. Thanks uh, for inviting me to this uh, conversation, Audi. Thank you so much. It's also a pleasure with you, Bob. So uh, how's life with you at the moment? How's things going? Well, the year 2020, I think, is different for everybody. It's certainly been different for me. Through 2019, I was traveling a lot. I was coming to Indonesia about once or twice a month, so spending quite a lot of time and traveling elsewhere. And uh, this year, I'm not traveling at all. So it has, uh, but it has advantages because I've done a lot of writing. And uh, so it's been uh, a very interesting year, very, very different. Wow, interesting. So, Bob, you know, you are the founder of AHDO, you know, it's the first ASEAN uh, organization focused on human development. So, what about uh, the leadership state at the moment? What do you think? Well, I think, I think that, uh, there has been quite a number of, of, of changes uh, in, in leadership. So, uh, obviously, with the COVID-19, it's not business as usual. Uh, and the problem of managing a crisis and the problem of mass unemployment, uh, the dangers of not taking, uh, you know, uh, measures of uh, medical care, etc., have made leadership, I think, much more open, uh, much more into a stakeholder rather than just a shareholder uh, model. So, you know, uh, it used to be, I mean, the, the sort of leadership that's just basically 
get your performance, make money for the company. That's all that counts. I think those days are really over. It doesn't mean that it's not important to be profitable, but there are other things that are very, very important that are considered now essential for leadership. Yeah, interesting, yeah, Bob. So what would be the most significant change for the last six to eight months from the Asian leadership model that you once uh, explained yeah. to, to a lot of HR professionals? Well, I think there are two, there are two things that, that, were in, that I put in this book. You know, I was uh, doing a study on what makes ASEAN leadership different from uh, China, Chinese model or the Indian model or the American model or the European model. And there were some key words that were in, in uh, ASEAN languages. I think there are two that became very important. The first one is uh, this Filipino word called malasakit. Malasakit, malasakit means caring for people. And uh, it's a very strong word in, 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 in the Philippine culture. So it means that people care for the leader, the leader cares for people, and it's a caring environment. And that's a very strong value. I think caring for people has become uh, more pronounced, more obvious in ASEAN leadership today. And the second one is the Indonesian concept of gotong royong, right. which is cooperation. And I think we've seen a lot of this cooperation uh, country by country where companies have cooperated with governments, uh, companies have cooperated also with the whole healthcare model, uh, making restrictions, people working from home, etc. So I think that um, it has been a uh, transition and it, it, in some case, cases it has revealed also some of the challenges that we have in ASEAN. Uh, one of the major challenges we see worldwide, but applies to us in ASEAN, is, is uh, inequality. So we have people that are out of jobs. We have people that are more, uh, you know, don't get the medical care that they need. So it's clear that the inequality levels, which are high in ASEAN countries, uh, we, have to, we have to do something about it. And companies have an important role to play. So uh, I think uh, there have been quite a number of changes. Uh, the other big change is obvious, and it's in the press almost every day. Um, you know, new ways of working. So uh, people are working from home because they have to work from home. But as we all know, uh, we've started to use technology to continue working. So this whole digital transformation that we've been talking about, uh, in sort of, it, it's been theoretical in the sense that we say we should do it, we know we should do it, it's going to change the world, etc. It has changed the world. Our world has changed uh, very much in using uh, technology to be able to work. So that right. puts in question this whole question of productivity. How can companies continue to work? And this has been amazing in many cases, right. is that this fast conversion to working online has, has made uh, companies able to do the job where they thought they would never be able to do it. Right. Uh, I think you highlight a very important point regarding about companies, yeah, and corporation. Yeah. So right. how do you see corporation tech initiative to prioritize uh, when we talk about leadership development, yeah? Because it's not yeah. really a fancy word during this time, yeah? But how do you see right. uh, the corporation? 
Yeah, I was I was in the middle of this because uh, as uh, you know, I was I was working on this really big project with Pratamina. It's the biggest in Southeast Asia uh, on leadership acceleration. Right. So we were uh, we had a you know a, a, a big program with many different components. It was running well, and then suddenly the COVID nineteen came, and the some areas we could continue online pretty easily, like mentoring. Uh, even some of the pro uh, the action learning projects, etc. But other things we just couldn't do. I mean, one of the key programs that we had was we were taking uh, uh, Pratamina leaders to China, to India, to Middle East to look at innovations. I mean, you know, you can say you can do that online, but it, it's not the same. So uh, we had to really reinvent the program, uh, how to work together, uh, and then of course. Uh, we had to put uh, all the management training content online right. as well. So um, in my role at uh, the European Chamber of Commerce in Singapore, we have quite a number of, of uh, the top business schools in the world, right? You've got uh, INSEAD, you've got uh, uh, ESA, uh, right. IE, these are Spanish schools, uh, and, so, and CCL. And we got together and, and said, what really changed? We had, a, we had a conference. First of all, it was successful because a lot of people came, a lot of companies uh, uh, contributed as well. So first of all, I think we can say that the, the idea that you need to develop leaders uh, uh, is, is, is even stronger. Right. Uh, secondly, the way that you develop leaders and using these online methods, many of them have, have innovated and they've, They've really, you know, used to get professors that would say, no, 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 it's not the same. I like teaching and I like seeing my, my students, et cetera. Uh, yeah. Everybody had to change. So, so that's changed. But you got some innovations. I mean, uh, I can remember uh, Elisa Malis, who's heading uh, CCL Asia, talking about they have a chatbot uh, uh, for coaching. And I never thought, you know, I never thought of that. But actually, we all know that you can use chatbots for you know, service and uh, uh, delivery and all of those things. But for coaching, I, I hadn't seen this before. So uh, it's also uh, created some areas of fast innovation right. to try to, to, to make sure that leadership development is, is interesting and, and you can do it online. Right. So with that comes to a, another question, Bob. With the yeah. most challenging situation that we have at the moment, uh, from the book that you wrote, yeah, the book that you actually explained to us, uh, how different it was uh, until today, uh, the the model of leadership. What what do you think with the technology intervention? Well, on the one hand, I think that what what we've seen in this part of the world is uh, um, that the awareness of ASEAN. Is, is stronger than before. Right. And the reason is, is, is because COVID hit all the, com the countries, right? Uh, it hit them differently, but it's not like, okay, my country is different from yours. Everybody is in this challenge Same, together. yeah, right. The second thing is that uh, the rest of the world is looking at ASEAN more as a region. So uh, we're starting to see more projects coming out of ASEAN. I'll give you an example. One of the projects that we're working on is a uh, ASEAN Ethics Council, which is when these new issues come up, COVID was one of them, but you've got other issues like technology, how do you use uh, artificial intelligence and, 
you know, what, what, is, what, is, what can be used and what shouldn't be used. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't, have, we don't have any institutions to really address those questions across the countries. And you can't address these, these issues country by country. You have to have a, a regional area. So there's more and more cooperation between Europe and ASEAN uh, within the last couple of years. And that's really accelerated uh, recently as well. So I think what, and I was talking with, with one multinational that said, you know, we realize now that we have to have an ASEAN management uh, system and we have to start training our management in ASEAN to be able to take care of our ASEAN because we may be in a, in a crisis now in terms of the economy, but everybody sees ASEAN as coming back uh, very strong in terms right. of being able to have growth. Uh, we're seeing that uh, what's continuing, you, you, everybody knows that the, the, the conflict between the United States and, and China right. has made companies uh, start looking at their value chains and where they're, they're doing production, uh, spreading it out. This is also favorable for ASEAN. Uh, so there are, it has, it has really accelerated the awareness of ASEAN. Right. So, Bob, you actually highlight a very interesting point that, you know, between uh, Europe and Asia now has so easy to, to get connected. And, you know, mm -hmm. even some, I can witness some of the events or HR leadership or Congress and conferences because now there's no uh, distance. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. of this yeah. Zoom webinar, right. Zoom events, Everything is so easy. We can directly like this, doing an right. interview like this. And now, the way I see it, it's there are so many, so many events that invite all the global speakers. Yeah, and right. this is a, a, a lot of uh, actually I can witness a lot of uh, corporation is doing this in Asia. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, from right. your point of view, Bob, what hmm. is the, the the thing that is different to develop the leaders? From, uh, from corporation or organization during this uh, moment, yeah, uh, compared to the previous before COVID-19? Because I, I can also see this yeah. is one of the, the way that you say it, accelerate the, the development yeah. of the leader. Uh, what, what else do you think, Bob? So we're talking uh, globally, uh, and I think globally we're, we're starting to see an impact. So one of the things uh, that we're seeing is that leadership is not just for some top level managers, uh, that leadership becomes something that is uh, important for the rest of the world, for everybody. So uh, we're starting to see some, some leadership for all kind of programs where you lead, you lead yourself, you lead your team, you lead your company, uh, but you're not necessarily a senior manager as a leader. So, right. so I think one of the, and this was pointed out in this, discussion with the business schools is that uh, a lot of the budgets uh, for training and uh, you know we're going to leaders now we're seeing that this is going to be more spread out so that's one of the things uh, obviously uh, the other thing is this whole idea of stakeholder management rather rather than shareholder management so people are stakeholders the country is a stakeholder uh, the the health of the society is a stakeholder. You cannot, you know, you cannot just say uh, we're only interested in profit when you have to actually, you know, the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the restrictions have restricted businesses. You can't 
you know, you don't see businesses saying, well, you know, we disagree, we just want, want to make money. I mean, of course, uh, they, they have to survive, but they realize that the, the, what the responsibilities are. Uh, the other thing I think that we're starting to see is, is uh, that the values and the purpose that we've been talking about in management these last years, and you've seen some uh, declarations of, of, of some of the big companies, and you saw this in the US, the, the big US companies started saying, this is the purpose of business, it's no longer what it used to be. This is, uh, this is accelerated, as you see. So it, it, it's become really quite uh, uh, um, obvious that uh, companies have to invest in, in, in people and, and, and society. The other, the, other, the other side of it is that we've become really familiar with disruption. So, you know, 2008, 2009, we had the economic recession, uh, which was a big disruption, but it was economic. Uh, and this is a real social disruption, uh, and it's very deep, and it's uh, going to take uh, quite a long time to fully recover. Uh, and so this idea that we, and, and we, who knows when another pandemic might come along, and we're starting right. to see, right. you know, a second wave, you're seeing it in Europe now, so it's not over. So disruption becomes a part of the daily life of corporations, the idea that, you know, you... Uh, you have to be prepared for right. things that you cannot really predict. And they, they, right. these things can fundamentally affect your business and, and, and affect uh, total industries as well. So I think those are, those are some of the things that I've, I've seen as we, as we go through. Right. Thank you, Bob. And you know what, Bob? You know, when we are talking September, now we are in September, right? And we have yeah, probably already. four months to go to the end of 2020, which is a special year for everyone, yeah? Yes, and for sure. I can see uh, a lot of leaders are burnt out, yeah? Burnt out yeah. with their uh, effort, with their uh, time management, with their prioritization, and everything, yeah? yeah? And some of right. them actually uh, uh, have lost their, uh, you know, mindful thinking about right. where it's supposed to be as a leader, yeah? Because leaders are right. supposed to be a leader, uh, to right. navigate the organization, to navigate where the business is going to be. So right. uh, for the last four months, for the next four months, Bob, which is very critical because when we are talking about business continuity, right, uh, right. we are still thinking about how to keep everything smooth or even some of the companies are probably doing a survival mode at the moment. But yes. when we are talking about leadership development, what is the most effective uh, strategy can we use, you know, to maintain leader can be a role model. Leaders should be, uh, you know, bringing a value as yeah. a positive impact to the organization because it happened to all of the organization. But how do you see this? Well, well, I think you're right. Um, one of the things is that uh, leaders in a position, and, and, and um, I guess we'll talk about HR uh, right. as well, because uh, HR leaders have been under a lot of pressure. You yourself, uh, obviously, but the colleagues that you're talking to, right. uh, uh, you know, they have to deal with this crisis. And, and you cannot just sort of say, well, you know, I'm going to take my weekend uh, and not worry about it. I mean, you have people that, are, that can be dying. You have people right you know, losing their jobs, etc. So it's very stressful. It, it can be very tiring. And at the same time, we all know that uh, it's unsustainable just to be under this stress for a long time. We see this also in employees. 
certain employees. I mean, the obvious ones are healthcare workers in the front line who are working uh, day and night, who are risking their lives, uh, taking care of other people. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, you have to then uh, ask yourself, well, how much, how long can this, can, can, can this work? We have to be able to start managing uh, the recovery. So I think, um, you know, uh, recovery is becoming the new uh, area that we're looking at where re leaders are saying, okay, we know that we are in a crisis, but we must look beyond the crisis. And we're starting to see that uh, certain er uh, areas, certain industries have been fundamentally uh, affected. Tourism, for example, which is actually the biggest employer, right? And, and tourism is an area where you have physical service. You can't, uh, you can't do everything online. You can do some things better online. But um, the hotel industry, the airlines, and, right. and restaurants, and those kind of things, the industry has been fundamentally disrupted. So we see, we see the equality, inequalities. We see uh, also that the challenge of ASEAN has been, and uh, I've, I've just written a white paper with the Europe ASEAN Business Council on this uh, for HDO, is we started looking at the middle income trap. Right. Uh, so let me explain what it is. Uh, ASEAN has been looked at for a long time as a growth region, but uh, at the same time, uh, the question has been, can all of these ASEAN countries uh, become rich countries? Now, we've got some examples of countries that have been. We've got uh, Singapore and Brunei Darussalam of the 10 ASEAN countries that are rich countries, but they're very small. Right. What about the other ones? What about Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, uh, not to mention Laos, Cambodia, uh, where they were poor countries. Now, everybody's right. in the sort of middle income level, but to go beyond the middle income level, you have to fundamentally change the way you do business, which means that you have to have high value services right. and products. You have to have innovation. You have to be very competitive. And, uh, and one of the things that we, we, we studied in this is that you have to also have a, you know, more access to education and training, uh, and you, you have to deal with the inequality issue. So up until now, inequality and high growth means that you can have more inequality if everything is growing very fast. We saw this in China, we're seeing it in ASEAN. As the growth so, slows down, and as we've seen it with the COVID-19, and we will see a slow recovery in many uh, industries, is that this inequality creates more inequality, becomes a, a barrier to moving to a more advanced economy and to a, uh, you know, a, a, a richer country. And so we have to deal with that as such. In other words, we have to start looking at how to give more people access uh, to the ability to, to work in, in a society uh, that is more competitive. It uh, puts a lot of pressure. So you, you, know, you cannot drop out. Uh, so for leadership, what this means is that you have to look at the big picture. Right. You have to be able to look at, uh, you have to be able to look beyond your business today. Yeah. You have to look long term. Right. Uh, so I think this is one of the significant things that we've seen uh, yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in leadership today. It, you know, not every leader is aware of this, but we're becoming much more aware 
than yeah. we were before the COVID-19. Right. Thank you, Bob. That is a very excellent explanation. And I can see that is very deep, yeah? Because now the interaction of country to another country in ASEAN is just, you know, virtually uh, yes. so easy, yeah? And and I think, the, well, the way we can see from the social media, from the news, from the, yeah. uh, the stories and the news, everything, uh, there are the same similarity yeah, in terms of corporation would like right. to shift the mindset of the leader yeah, from yeah. just become a survival, changing the game with the right. uh, COVID-19 situation, how to build opportunities, right? Because right. this is a, a very critical uh, point in organization, which is the, the focus is more to the commercialism or profit-oriented. But right. how about the organization that probably work for the government, work for the non-profit organization? Uh, would there be any significant change or significant difference, Bob, with the corporation that is always talking about uh, profitability? I think there will be change uh, because we're starting to see uh, one of the thing, one of the drivers of change, is obviously technology. Right. Another driver of change is competition. And both of these things have been much more vi visible, right? Uh, so, so if you're a corporation that is uh, working in a very traditional way, uh, let's take Indonesia as an example. It's a big country. You've got big companies that are focused on Indonesia. They haven't yet uh, developed the capability to operate across ASEAN. Uh, that kind of innovation and competition has made these has put these companies in, in difficulty today. Right. Um, so so they're going to have to rethink uh, what they're doing with their workforce, and and what kind of leaders they want to have. And I think a lot of companies are are rethinking their re they're, you know they're, a lot of companies are really doing strategic thinking now, because they're they're in you know we're still in the crisis, but they're looking forward to saying, what do we change as we come out of this? Uh, and what can we change? Because now we can, uh, we, can, we can do things in new ways that would have been very difficult to do if we had just taken a, a strategic decision. Right. Now we can, we can really change because we're coming back from a crisis. So we, we, can, we can do things in new ways and we need to do things in new ways. So um, not everybody has the answer for how to do this. Right. <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing that came out of this study that we saw is that we asked companies, uh, these were CEOs, leaders of companies. We had European companies as well as uh, ASEAN companies and different kinds of ASEAN companies, state-owned companies, startup companies, family-owned companies. And the question was, uh, do you believe these, that ASEAN countries, middle-income countries, will move beyond the middle-income trap? Uh, and we only got 60% saying that they're confident. Right. And then we asked, well, what's the major obstacle? And the major obstacle and the cooperation between countries was a 52% of satisfaction of cooperation. Wow. What this means is that countries within ASEAN have to cooperate more. And one of the areas that we see is labor mobility, right. leadership mobility, uh, again, a, a system of management that works across the countries. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, we'll start to see that uh, more uh, after the COVID-19 than, than, than we, we did before. 
Right. Well, thank you, Bob. That's actually very uh, true. And if we see that at the moment, most of uh, a lot of people actually in this uh, ASEAN world, ASEAN country is waiting, waiting for the vaccine to be discovered yeah. because that's uh, going to be uh, probably expected to be the solution for this yeah. transition period. But even when we are waiting for that vaccine, we you, you even mentioned this from the beginning that there is a change in the way of working. Yeah. So yes. when we are talking about the way of working, especially in our transition period now, what yeah. is the most important focus as a leader must uh, really pay attention, especially when, when uh, they want to uh, develop their own leadership uh, capability? What do you think about? I think the most, let's say there's the number one thing is that leaders thought, uh, you know, the theories that we had before, like um, people working from home, uh, it's not as productive, uh, uh, other things, you know, introducing new technologies, people cannot, uh, it, it takes, it, there's a lot of resistance, it takes a long time to change people's habits, etc. Those have turned, those assumptions turned out to be false. Right. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of uh, questioning of uh, what is what is the leadership that is needed for this new world of work. And uh, so it's it's you know we we've been talking about the future of work for several years, and we talk a right. lot about technology, etc. But one of the things that the COVID nineteen did about the future of work is that we have massive. Uh, FW, uh, you know, uh, yeah. WFH working from home or yeah. WFA working from anywhere. And, yeah. and it's true that, that, that in many uh, of the functions, including in leadership, yeah. uh, you, you don't have to be physically present and you don't have to physically see your team in an office to be able to lead. Right. The way you lead is different. You have to right. be... Uh, uh, able to listen, uh, yeah. you have to be able to care about people's uh, personal situation. Yeah. So, for example, working from home can be a luxury for people uh, that have a nice, nice place to live, and yeah. uh, they they have a good internet connection, right. and they don't have to travel. Can be completely the opposite if you if you are, uh, you know, you have children at home and the children <laughs> can't go to school, and you have yeah. to do the homeschooling uh, and, uh, and, and, and you lose your job or you lose your job and you, you can't find another job. I mean, right. you know, so, so it's a, it's totally different from one situation to the other, even the same job, you know, it's a uh, two, two, two employees at the same level in the same company right. doing the same job may have a very different experience of working from home. Right. What does this mean for the leader is that you have to be open to that. You have to adjust to the life situation of employees, and of course, you have to be able to to help people. Right. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, uh, today with with uh, a senior um, leader from Grab, and uh, right. you know, he, it was a crisis because Grab, at, uh, as a startup company, was hiring, 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 yeah. and uh, for the first time, he had to fire some people in his team. You know. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, for two weeks, you know, I, I, I really suffered. I couldn't sleep very well, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I, we had some company systems, but 
I personally tried to find a job for these people because we had good team members. The reason that, that we couldn't keep the job we had nothing to do with their performance. Right. We just didn't have a job for them. Right. And, uh, and, and I'm very proud to say that I got, uh, I got a job for them in, uh, what was it, within four weeks, they both had good jobs. Now, that's leadership, if you see what I mean. Right. So uh, he's managing the company, but at the same time, he's managing the whole transition of, of, of people. So to do that uh, in, in COVID-19, I think we have a lot of lessons learned. Uh, and a lot of new kind of values that are important. Right. Uh, and, and leaders will have to step up and be capable of leading in that new situation. Why? Because employees will demand it. Right. They will not accept leadership that is not sensitive to their needs. And right. uh, particularly the younger generation of, of, of uh, you know, they, they are able to use digital technology. They can work from anywhere very easily, but they also have uh, uh, very strong values in terms of society, what companies should be doing, etc. And leaders that are not able to respond to their expectations uh, are going to be in, in, a, in a very difficult situation to exercise leadership. Basically, they'll be rejected. Right. So I think we're starting to see quite a lot of changes in, uh, in, in leadership because of this new way of working. Yeah, I like the way you point out that leader now is talking not only just for the team, but beyond then what it's supposed to be. Like, for example, like when you talk to the executive from Grab that uh, yeah. uh, he or she was worried about the people that probably right. needs job. But Bob, you know, not every leader is uh, easy to adapt, right? Because uh, they used to work with how they used to work, yeah? And uh, it's very, very critical during this transition period that they expect their team to work with their own rhythm, yeah? Their own time, you know? And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's become more stressful for, for the team, for, the, for, the, for a lot of people, to work with leader that can only work with one way, one style, you know, like I can yeah. only meet. And in fact, uh, well, based on what I see uh, on the field and uh, observe in many organizations, uh, they find that the way they work, they want to extend it, you know? So right. they want to do, you know, like even uh, on weekend, on Saturday, yeah. on Sunday, and uh, I, I get a lot of uh, stories that telling that, hey, my, my leader is not really treating me well during this time, yeah? yeah? Right. Because uh, uh, so many things that he or she wants to push beyond what we could do, you know? Uh, right. The battle of uh, either is this a balance or integration between work and, right. <laughs> and life, yeah? So right. with, with, with what we see at the moment, yeah? Uh, because this has happened to, I can observe to many countries uh, in ASEAN, yeah? because normally right. we have the same typical working mm. rhythm. Yeah? So yeah. Uh, what would you recommend to the leaders, yeah? especially for uh, the HR Talking Point listeners? Yeah? If they <laughs> listen our episode now, you know, uh, yeah. what would you best recommend to, to just uh, consider uh, how they can work as a leader more effective? What is your best recommendation, well, Bob? Con considering what you just said, <clears throat> I, 
I think uh, my first recommendation is, is watch out because people need jobs now because of the crisis. Right. But when, when we start, when it comes back to when people can leave jobs and they can get a job somewhere else, if you as a leader have been uh, pressuring people, not supporting them, uh, leading by, by uh, forcing people to, to do it your way, uh, and not respecting the the adjustments that they have to make, they will they will not accept your leadership and they'll go somewhere else. And I've I've had those conversations with companies uh, and clients that say we think that after COVID we may lose our best employees. Wow! Because we're not we're not uh, our leaders are not functioning uh, the way they should be and they are not taking care of people. On the other hand, I have seen, you know, this is the good news is that I've seen very traditional leaders suddenly change. Mm. This uh, crisis has been so important mm -hmm. that uh, some leaders that were very sort of pushy or didn't care about people mm -hmm. uh, have switched and they've changed their leadership style because of the situation. Uh, fundamentally, however, I think one of the one of the really important changes that we are seeing in in, in ASEAN and in companies mm -hmm. is that HR as a function has been right in the middle. Right. Because how do we protect people from the COVID? Yeah. How do we get people to wear masks? Right. How do we manage working from home? How do we have a how do we have a, a system where people can have online meetings? Right. We can continue to do business. So HR has been really very, very visible. And, and the most, in many cases, the most important function of the company during the COVID crisis. So what this means now is that HR uh, has a stronger position in talking about what uh, the values of obviously human development, taking care of people, uh, healthy workplace, uh, and those kind of uh, uh, areas. And probably in many companies, I would say, you can't say for all of them, HR will have more influence on what constitutes good leadership as what constitutes un unacceptable leadership. I'm having these conversations with uh, several of the HR organizations that we see uh, and um, it, it, they really are, I'm, I'm, for example, in Singapore, uh, we're starting to see that the, the Singapore HR Association, SHRI, is having dialogues with companies to say, okay, uh, you know, we have to uh, uh, maintain the Singapore workforce. We have to continue to promote and tra train people. Uh, what are you doing? And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the leaders are being held to uh, have a, a real change in their behavior in how the in what they say uh, not to mention you know some of the international movements that we've seen the black lives right. matter you know that was an american phenomenon until it suddenly became worldwide right right and you're saying you know you can't treat people that way right yeah so <clears throat> so this whole idea of diversity or <clears throat> or the, the 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 respect for women because women have to have to take care of children if the children are not in school. How can they work at the same time? And you know, you can't. You you have to take a, a, 
uh, HR knows that you, you, you have to manage that. So leaders that say, I don't care, they, 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 will, they will be in, in, in a difficult position. They'll be rejected, basically. So we can start to see, possibly, as we come out of the crisis part of, of the COVID, that there will be more and more pressure on good leadership. Right. Well, thank you for the advices and then recommendation, Bob. And it's really, really a good reflection for us. And I, I, li I like the way you say HR is, in, is now in the middle between the stakeholder yeah. and the employee. But Bob, to be honest, sometimes we can see HR cannot do anything because uh, their leaders in the organization even don't know how to find the answer. So right. how should an HR professional, an HR leader, initiate or even uh, probably take first action, first key step to really push the leader to find solution for the organization during this turbulence, Bob? Well, this is a very good question. Let me, let me answer short term and long term. Right. Short term, it means that, uh, as I say, HR has more influence because um, if you're in a company and you don't follow the rules, let's say of uh, social distancing, wearing masks, uh, people working from home, right? Uh, your company is going to be in trouble with the government. Uh, and so therefore, uh, companies have to listen to uh, HR uh, when they say you need to be doing this. Right. And so this will extend on to saying, okay, we have to be, we have to care about the health and, uh, and, and, the, and the workforce, but then we have to also continue to, to uh, be managing people uh, in a humane way, and uh, we have a certain number of rules. So right. it, gives, uh, it gives HR more leverage because there is a visible crisis that they have uh, 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 more than just a voice. They are the ones that have to make decisions on how this is gonna be managed. And HR does not just stand alone. If I'm an HR in one company, uh, and I'm sure this has happened to you as an HR manager, you don't just make the decision alone. You're right. on the phone to you and you're talking with other HR people to say, what are you doing in your company? What's working? What's not working? Right. How do you deal with this problem, et cetera? So there's a, there's a lot more cooperation between, between HR. So uh, I think in the, in, so the, so the short term, HR has to, has to, uh, uh, be more assertive. And I think in Indonesian HR, that hasn't been necessarily the, uh, the style of HR. It's been, it's been much more support, you know, and right. uh, uh, be polite and, 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 and just do the job. Right. Uh, but now you have to have a voice, you have to take a stand, you have to yeah. insist on certain things being, being followed. Right. In the long right. term, uh, this comes to back to this human development versus human resource. Right. Is that HR managers, um, you know, what I've been working on in, in, in this next book, and right. we can talk about it another time. Right. But the idea is that uh, we're starting to see that professionals are not limited to a particular human development function. Right. If you're a professor in a university, you stay a professor all your life. If you're a HR manager in a company, you work in a company as a manager all your all your career. Right. If you're a consultant, you're going to be a consultant uh, all of the time. If you're working in government, you work only for government. All of these uh, jobs 
are human development jobs. Right. And, and what we're seeing in a crisis like COVID-19 is that uh, uh, the, the challenge is a challenge for all of these HR, uh, for all of the human development professionals to be able to cooperate. Even, even in this case, uh, we're starting to see that the whole health, whether it be physical health or psychological health, right. uh, is, uh, is, is becoming really important. So if I'm a human development professional, I'm not limited just to my job of managing the HR function inside my company. Right. You know? Yes. So I have to, uh, I have to uh, start networking and looking outside to what is, my, what is my role in society and what, is, what am I actually contributing to making things better, whatever that means, you know, it's difficult to define, but how am I making uh, things better for my society, for uh, people in, in my country and uh, also in the region because we're very much locked into uh, cooperation across the region. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bob, thank you for the explanation. So, I only have one more last questions that I would like to address you as the founder of AHDO, yeah? ASEAN yeah. Human Development Organization. With what we see, uh, the, the, the changes in leadership uh, model and then the shift in the way of thinking uh, from the expectation of leader, what would you, uh, what would you do uh, as a founder of AHDO to really uh, make AHDO to become the center of a leadership program uh, for, uh, I don't know, uh, from probably uh, next year or even this year, Bob? Well, there are a number of things. And actually, uh, 2020 has been very busy for, for us. So right. the, the changes have been, uh, uh, let's say, underground. You, you, you can't see a lot of things because we're still not uh, set up with a website, we're still not set up with our membership uh, right. uh, system, we're not doing conferences, etc. On the other hand, uh, some of the really important work uh, is, is, now, is now completed and, and it, it took time to get done. For example, a constitution. Right. So how do you create an organization where different countries uh, have an equal share in, in, in what's going on in, in ASEAN? And, uh, and that you have rotating chairmanship, just like the ASEAN Secretariat does. Right. Uh, and you have more cooperation, et cetera. That's number one. Number two right. is how, if, if we're really talking about uh, HD as a career, human development as a career, and, and, and uh, a career that is uh, expanded beyond just the HR function. Well, how do you actually train people to, to, to be able to, to play that role? And so we've developed a, a certification for, H, uh, for human development. Uh, our original idea was we it would be partly training and then partly uh, exploring to other countries within ASEAN. Uh, for the moment, we won't be able to explore, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll start doing it online. And what's interesting is that we're starting to get interest from people from outside ASEAN, uh, right. Africa, for example, that want to, want to do the training because nobody else has done this. Right. Uh, the third, uh, the third thing is uh, projects. We've been uh, solicited by other ASEAN organizations like the ASEAN Youth Organization, 
the ASEAN human rights organizations to work with them on, on, on new things. So one was a project with the uh, European Union uh, where we're, the idea is to work with the ASEAN University Network, ASEAN Youth Organization, uh, and in Europe, the European Chamber of Commerce to uh, start to develop think tanks, to work on access to quality education, uh, to develop thought leadership, uh, to work on the future of work together with uh, the ASEAN and the European Union, uh, communicating together with the more dialogue. Right. Uh, and as I mentioned, the last one is um, this idea of an ethics committee or an ethics council, sorry, which is sort of a think tank on the new product, uh, new issues that come up because every day there are new issues coming up right. in society that, you know, you can't just say it's not just a human rights question. It's not just a, a, a legal, uh, you know, what's the labor policy? We don't have laws for that. We have to start thinking what is the right thing to do which means that we have to research, we have to dialogue, uh, and we have to come to some kind of consensus. So all of that activity is, is really not visible at the moment, but it is, for me, very encouraging because I didn't expect that part to go so fast. So um, I, uh, you know, I'm very encouraged and uh, I realize that there's gonna be a lot of work ahead. <laughs> Uh, and particularly, you know, coming back to the COVID-19, you know, we're not out of this. Uh, so we will be working in a, in a situation, not just 2020, but 2021. We may be able to travel. You know, you talk about the vaccine, but even with the vaccine, uh, uh, it will take time before people have the vaccine. And uh, you know, it will it will be one of the one of the things that we we have to consider is how do we maintain a healthy workplace, uh, whether that be for COVID nineteen or anything else that comes up. Uh, and uh, so you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, we're really in a new situation that uh, of of awareness. You know, we haven't seen the the changes taking place except on the areas that we've already discussed. Some things are very visible. But I think the invisible changes are here to stay and they will have a, a, a deep uh, importance or a deep impact on how we manage in companies uh, across ASEAN in the future. Right, thank you, Bob. And with all the things that you share uh, during our episode right now and the great, I think a lot of great work that we would like to do in uh, throughout ADO, mm -hmm. If there are listeners that actually listening for our episode now from Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam, Philippines, or even Viet, uh, other country like in ASEAN, uh, like Laos or Cambodia, what if they want to involve, if they want to join ADO, uh, what would you uh, say the way how to get in touch with you or to get in touch with the people in every country? In some countries, we have an ADO office. Fortunately for Indonesia, we have a, a, a very good one. So uh, there's ADO Indonesia, which is linked to some of the HR organizations. The chairman is Pambudi Sunasi Hanto. You're working with HDO. In fact, we did this. Last week, we had some, uh, uh, a young man who was asking, I want to be a, I want to be a member uh, quickly. I said, yeah. you know, why, why, why do you want to be so quick? 
yeah. this is because I'm making an application uh, to write a book and I want to uh, say that I'm uh, affiliated with HDO. Right. So, okay, suddenly we said, okay, but well, we're actually set up yeah. to be able to take that application, but we, you know, and, and once we get one, then you have to get to a, a cohort of 10 or 20 right. to be able to do something as a group and start having group discussions, etc. So in Indonesia, we're ready. If you're in a country and Vietnam is 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 setting up in in, in uh, Singapore, we have uh, um, we have a, an office that's 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 just being created. So uh, and with an executive director, Eddie Lee. So and it, uh, so we will have a website on Facebook. So the first thing is how to contact us. Uh, you can look for for uh, Facebook in the next couple of weeks. Right. But I would say that if anybody is listening here, if I may ask you, uh, 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 Audi, uh, to be the sort of contact person, please go ahead and contact Audi and then you, you can sort it out with, from whatever country they will. Right. Uh, they're, they're in and we can get back to you on, on what's the next step to do. Sure. And you are open for uh, LinkedIn contact, yeah? If anyone from LinkedIn contact yes. you just to want to get in touch with Ardo and right. maybe want to share uh, their ideas about Ardo, the way that we share yes. uh, what are the great things that we want to do uh, with this, yes. uh, this transition period. So you are okay with that, right? Okay. So Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much. Actually, we learned a lot of things during this episode for more than just 45 minutes, Bob. You know, <laughs> uh, from beginning that we start uh, the conversation and discussion in HR Talking Point, in this episode, we are talking about the tendency of movement of uh, leadership that now need to focus mm -hmm. on caring for the people and the tendency of Gotong Royong and then the way of working really impact for the model of leadership. And of course, also you mentioned about the value and proposing organization that accelerate the urgency right. of the leadership and not only to think uh, the people in the company, in the organization, but also to think wider as a community, yeah, as a uh, society. And the thing that I really like most is that uh, leadership style will shape the way of working. And this is something that you suggest that as a leader, you need to adapt with uh, the, the new way of working. And uh, you also emphasize that, you know, after this COVID-19, probably there are leaders that probably will need to leave from the organization because, you know, uh, business owner, stakeholder will think about uh, to find a new uh, a leader that may be fit to their uh, organization situation. And the last time that I really like is about how you address uh, what HR should do. You know, like you mentioned, HR is in the middle position, must uh, take opportunity to speak up to the leaders that probably need help to really uh, make mm -hmm. the organization move. On the other hand, also HR needs to facilitate change for the organization. So Bob, right. we are coming to the end of our episode. Uh, what would be your last words or last opinion in our episode uh, right now? I uh, believe that uh, for those that are listening, uh, we may, uh, you know, I, my, my, my recommendation would be, yes, we have to deal with the crisis that's at hand right now that's affecting us all. But uh, the really important strategic thinking needs to start now of what is our society, our companies, our jobs going to look like as we come out of this uh, crisis and pandemic. It's not just a medical pandemic. It's something that is changing society. Uh, we all know that it's very deep. 
It has fundamental economic impact on our countries, uh, and uh, it will also have uh, a fundamental impact on how we work and what leadership looks like. So now is the time to start thinking about what do we want to have uh, after the COVID-19, and how are we going to start building up? Because I think we will be back into a growth mode, but it's not going to happen automatically. And it won't be the same thing as we had before the COVID-19. So what is it that you want? And start thinking of how you're going to be able to do that uh, after the COVID-19. Great. And thank you again to have you in this great episode, Bob, right now. And I wish you to invite you for another session and looking forward for your new book or your white paper or your research finding. And again, I want to say thank you to all HR Talking Point listeners. We have reached our end of episode right now. And thank you for your participation. And until we meet again in another episode. And thank you again, Bob. And see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, audience. A pleasure to talk to you. You have reached the end of the episode in HR Talking Point program. Thank you for your listening the episode and looking forward to having your participation in the next episode. Be sure you get the notification of the latest program of HR Talking Point by clicking follow button in this channel. My name is Audi Lumbantoruan, the anchor of the HR Talking Point program. Until we meet again in another episode. Thank you. <music>